Okay, man, it is uh, good to be here. Um, uh, you know, many of you know, you know, Miles is, you know, the new director of FOI, and so I'm really excited for him. Uh, <clears throat> I was just asking him to do a charge uh, for 15 minutes, and then he told me that I could have the whole service, so I just beefed up, <laughs> put, put something together in terms of preaching. And so what, what I have is I have an update <clears throat> of uh, Vietnam. Uh, we're, we're trusting God to uh, see a church planted in Vietnam, and that's the reason why I'm stepping away uh, from FOI along with uh, a team from here. And so I'm going to give an update uh, on that, and then after that, uh, I would then um, give a charge from Nehemiah chapter 7, which is kind of the, I like to tie a bow. Uh, we won't finish Nehemiah, but we'll tie a bow in uh, chapter 7. Can we do that? <clears throat> All right. So, man, let's pray, and then... Uh, We'll get to the updates. Okay, Father, thank you for tonight. Uh, Lord, I pray that um, for the things that will be spoken would be a blessing to everyone here, including the new international students. And uh, Lord, you can, uh, only you can do that. And so God, I ask for your help, uh, ask for your power, and uh, ask uh, that Lord, you will be glorified. Uh, from from the testimony to the message that's going to be given in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so many of you know we we've been uh, doing international ministry for quite some time. Started FOI 2012, and true FOI seen many internationals come to Christ. And you know, Phong being Vietnamese uh, was one of the I think second Vietnamese that came to Christ, and uh, Phong uh, kind of helped us navigate. Uh, Vietnam when we went to our first mission trip to Vietnam in 2017. From there, uh, God just uh, tugged on our hearts for the people of Vietnam. And so uh, we just couldn't, uh, you know, ignore that, you know. And so uh, it, it wasn't just me. It was a mass email. And <clears throat> I remember Mankit was like, hey, when are we going, you know? And I'm like, okay. And then there were more people uh, having that same email of God just tugging in their heart for the people of Vietnam. So as a result, we've been going to Vietnam every year since 2017. And, and so we saw people come to Christ in 2017. The, the hearts of the people were very warm. Uh, as you know, it's a communist country. And, and so they're they are eager to learn and they're eager to talk to people. So when you go there, if you have an, uh, a chance, the people will just flock to you and say, hey, hey you know, how are you? And they want to practice their English uh, with you. But with that, uh, God just gave us like really um, good fruit. Okay, if I may say that, really good fruit. Uh, there's so many stories, but uh, the first guy, uh, th this guy Nam, uh, is one of the first fruit. Uh, well, he's not the first. 2017 was, was another fruit, but we handed it off to someone else. This time we're keeping the fruit, right? Because yeah. uh, I think... Uh, no, uh, praise God, you know, we get to nurture the fruit to, to maturity, okay? But Nam is one of those guys that, uh, man, when he got saved, when he got born again, uh, when he understood the Word of God, it became the Word of God for him. And so, so he's on fire. He's, he's like a sponge. And so we've been meeting every single uh, Friday for the last uh, four years, really. Uh, and so between that four years, uh, we've been making trips to Vietnam, and 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 so we spent two weeks very intensive uh, with them. And he's like a son in the faith to me. He treats me like a father, uh, and same with Yumi as well. But Yumi came actually came to to the U.S. and she is um, a man, a pillar uh, for the team because she was my translator. Okay, and so I couldn't even talk to Nam initially, and 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 she was the translator that helped me. Uh, week to week, and then, you know, this guy Nam, I mean, again, uh, the, uh, what, what you're going to hear is just the hand of God on the mission, okay? Uh, that's what I, I really want you to get is the hand of God and the favor of God on the mission because I can't explain it, right? I can't really explain to you, man, how did these people get uh, so um, on fire for the Lord, right? And some of the blessings that I've seen firsthand on these people's life, and I can't explain it. One of them is that Nam, uh, from coming from couldn't speak English, right, needing a translator, within eight, nine months, 
we didn't need a translator. Okay, so, oh my goodness, like that is, is awesome. So I can communicate with him directly and I've been doing so uh, for, for, for some time now. But uh, uh, Nam and I, so we, we, you know, in our church, we, we were big on discipleship. For, the, for those of you who are not familiar with that, that's kind of like a mentorship, right? Mentorship uh, from a spiritual sense, you know. So just as, um, you know, in life, you know, you need a mentor. Right. In life, you need a, 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 a physical father, a physical mother. Uh, spiritually, we need that too. And we see that precept, that principle in Scripture, Paul, right? And his son uh, in the faith, Timothy, we saw Jesus and his disciples. And so that concept is, is in Scripture, and we do that. And so after I disciple Nam, and Nam is now discipling this guy, uh, Pang, who is a lawyer. Okay, and so the, the timeliness of that couldn't be any better. Uh, this dude just kind of, uh, you know, I guess was the just kind of overheard or always like put his ears on what's going on. He see the life of Nam changing before his eyes, and he couldn't resist but say, "Hey, I I I need to know, I need to know." And as a result, now he's on fire for the Lord, and so we are now discipling, mentoring. Tang, who is a lawyer again, may I say, and, and why that's important because we need lawyer uh, to help us with the visa, okay? So, so this is uh, important. You can't just go into Vietnam and, you know, uh, you know propagate the gospel. You need uh, a legit way, and so you need the legal person to do that. And so, again, just one of those things like, wow, God, you're awesome. I, you know, there's so many people you can go to, and I to Facebook trying to look for information and you see like scam after scam people prom promising in the world and it's like oh don't go to this it's a scam like how do, how do you figure things out god i don't know how to do this i don't know where to start okay why don't i give you a disciple <laughs> right who's born again loves you and uh man who has a heart for the lost people and so now we are discipling uh him and 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 the story of him is pretty remarkable because you know, some of you come from a culture where if you uh, were to believe in Jesus, right, you will be persecuted heavily. And, and that was the case uh, for Tang. And uh, he uh, resisted uh, his parents in, in regards to ancestral worship, which is a common practice in many parts of the world. And, and uh, the, 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 the family members just cursed him out, you know, and, and didn't want him to be part of the family anymore. And, uh, but man, he's like, man, but... Uh, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus because that is my family eternally. And he got that. I'm like, wow. Again, that is such a big deal. And I don't say that lightly because that's a big deal. Uh, I, I don't think anyone here uh, would be quick to say, hey, you know, if my parents were to say, hey, I, I want to disown you because you're doing this, that would be an easy thing for you. I think none of us would say that. But for him to make that decision such an early stage in his life, uh, spiritually speaking, oh my goodness. Now, uh, I am pleased to let you know that his family accepted him again. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, again, so, so, so now, okay, you accept Jesus, you got two families, right? You reject, and then you got one. Okay, so I'm just saying, it's worth it. Uh, and then now, uh, you know, now we're getting even more fruit. Like this guy, Vu, he's a banmi entrepreneur. It's like a subway type entrepreneur. <laughs> like a French baguette with like meat and everything. And he's starting work in, in Japan and he speaks Japanese. And uh, so, so I don't know whether you know, but uh, Vietnam has the biggest Japanese minority. And so he could be, uh, a, you know, someone God would use to reach out to Japanese in, in Vietnam and in Japan because his business is starting in Japan. And then Chao uh, is another uh, gal that has been coming. Uh, Yumi is meeting with her one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, so, so pray for that, uh, that that becomes a discipleship relationship. So she is new. She has a lot of questions. Uh, and so, uh, and then finally, we have Wing An. Okay, Wing An was one of the first fruits. Some of you already know him, but he kind of, we, we met him in the street. He was homeless, 17 years old, but extremely street smart. Extremely street smart. We'll say like here, street urchin, okay? Just know how to go about life and all that. You know, Elijah has a hammer him, but life, temptation just took over him. 
very young, lots of opportunities to do wrong in the world. And so he took that and was away, but he's back. Uh, he's back after one year plus of not being the Pharisees that he wants to. But pray for him. He's still struggling. Uh, he's still struggling uh, to choose uh, between following God or following man, right? following the world. And so uh, that's, that's what's happening. So before we even landed uh, in Vietnam, oh my goodness, I, I, have, I would have never uh, thought or dreamt about seeing uh, an online ministry, if you will. I'm like the, the person that's most against online ministry uh, in the sense that I'm like, how do you disciple someone online? And uh, now people ask me that question. I'm like, okay, well, I guess God can do anything, right? And, and again, don't get me wrong. We have visited them multiple times, five times to be exact, each time for a long duration. So it wasn't just online. There was a lot of interaction and God used those interaction and multiplied them. You know what I'm talking about? You, you can be with a person for years and you, you never get connected with that person. Am I right? Yeah. Right? Or, man, sometimes with certain people, providentially, you're with that person a short time and you connect. Like, you know each other for a long time. That's been the case. Again, uh, I believe it's not no mistake. Again, I can't explain it other than God's hand and favor. Uh, is in the work. And so I'm just very pleased to tell you what God has done and through the obedience of the team that has been investing, including man, get and phone visit, uh, you know, meeting with Vu every Tuesday and other team members that, that has come. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you two things that you can consider, okay? Uh, number one is uh, every Sunday we pray. We believe in prayer. We believe God answers prayer. And the reason why we have what we have and the fruit that we have is because we ask God and He answers prayers. Simple as that. Seriously. I mean, that's what's happening. If you're interested to, uh, in that and you want to pray with the team in Vietnam, uh, Sunday, every Sunday uh, uh, at 8 o'clock a.m., you can log in for one, one hour and uh, you will talk to Phong if you want to get on that list, right? Phong, uh, Phong can you stand up real quick just so that people know who you are? Okay, Phong. Okay, get with her and she'll hook you up on the schedule and you can get on the schedule to pray with them, get to know them. And that's one of the best ways you can actually know the ministry. And then uh, we also have a Friday Bible study. Uh, but I think the Sunday prayer would be kind of the best on-ramp for anyone who wants to jump in. Uh, oh, and also the English club that I uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, you know, so again, this is a bit... Uh, more involved, more committed. So start with the prayer first. If you get traction and all that, then we'll talk about uh, you know actually doing facilitating an English club uh, with the Vietnamese people. And again, that is a whole other open door that we got. And that's about you know anywhere from fifteen to thirty people that come to the English club, and we get to host them twice a month. Okay, and so we already have a schedule going on that's lasting to next year. So if you get in, you'll be next year, okay? Uh, praise the Lord that we do have volunteers that are helping, but we want more. Um, so, okay, let's move on to the next slide. Okay, so we do, there should be circles on people's face, but it's okay, I guess. Uh, so a lot of the team members that came with us, is this 2017 or 18? 18, okay, so 18. So a lot of the people who came to the mission trip, uh, you know, I, I told you earlier, got the mass email. And so I just used this picture to represent the team uh, that are coming. And I want to uh, let you know that uh, because this, the team over here that's planning to go, um, man, that's precious. I, I, you know, number one, I, I told God, God, I don't want to go with just my family. And so he answered my prayer very quickly. You know, just like Moses, I'm like, God, I don't think this will work out for me. You know, I got two young kids, wife. I'm like, I don't know. Capacity is very low. God, I need help, right? And God's like, yeah, you got it, right? Uh, and so we got a, uh, another eight to nine people uh, trusting God to come alongside uh, with us. And again, this is no easy thing. I This FYI, I, I say it so quickly, uh, just because we don't have a ton of time, but oh my goodness, to go halfway around the world uh, with kind of, you know, with risks involved, uh, with no like opportunities as much as in the U.S. or comfort as in the U.S. and all of that, 
but they see the, the value of souls. You know, and God is like, hey, that's my heart. It's the Great Commission. It's to go to all nations, and God is sending that message. And so I'm, I'm so pleased. Uh, I'm so pleased. And I, I pray for our team here. Uh, we are going to start meeting more often, okay? And, and one of the things that we would also do is, again, in due time, is, is to exit off FOI. Not completely, right? Just because uh, we need to trust God to form um, that fellowship tighter, right? Because if we don't do that and we go to the mission field, uh, that's going to be a bad time, right? Can't assume relationship, just all jive. Uh, there's going to be tests and trials uh, that's going to be magnified. Uh, where we don't have all of this benefit. I mean, oh my goodness, we are, we are blessed for those of you who are part of this church. I mean, just, uh, oh my goodness, where do I start, right? But So that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we'll be meeting, and so slowly I'm going to get out of, uh, I already have, you know, Miles has been doing such a great job uh, leading FOI, and I'll just be coaching on the sidelines, and, and, and Miles will be doing all the heavy lifting, oversight, and so on. Uh, I want to say I love you all, uh, you know, I love you all uh, with all my heart, uh, and I'm still accessible, right? But at the same time, I, I acknowledge that God has called me to a special work, and I need to uh, focus on that special work, right? And I can't uh, focus on too many things, otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll let the balls drop, and then that won't work out for anyone. Make sense? Okay, so uh, next slide. Okay, so these are the prayer requests. You can, you know, maybe take a picture of that. And then in your time, you can, you can pray for us uh, and, and see what God's going to do. I put, I put Larry's there, and then I'll, maybe I'll, I'll put Sister Elena as well. <laughs> we, we, can always, we can always pray. Yeah. So anyway, so take a picture of that. Pray for us. There's more, but this is just a starting point. Uh, that uh, these are the things that we are really trusting God for. And I think that's it for the update. I think, yeah, I think we can. Okay, awesome. So, uh, no, 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 you're good. Uh, so, uh, if you got your Bible, turn to Nehemiah chapter 7. If, if you're an international student or you're new here, you don't have a Bible, please uh, share with someone who has one so that you can follow along uh, as well. Okay, so we are in Nehemiah chapter 7. This is um, a, a book that I've been preaching um, for quite some time, right? So we are in Nehemiah chapter 7, and Nehemiah, the name, means Jehovah comforts. You know, names has meanings. Names has meanings. A lot of cultures still. I mean, even here, name, you know, names has meaning, right? When I uh, have my baby girls, right? Uh, I want to choose a name that, that, that is important, right? That means something that I'm trusting God for, right? And so names are important. So right off the bat, you know, Nehemiah, Jehovah Comforts, uh, and it's dealing with uh, a people group, right? The, 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 the Israelites uh, that are suffering, that are suffering because of, of, of bad choices that they have done, idolatry and so on. And so they landed in a place that is bad, but God is so merciful. Do you know that? Uh, God is so merciful. God is so gracious. And he raised up this guy called Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, man, has such a big heart and burden. Talk about burden and conviction. I mean, I want to be like Nehemiah. I want to be like Nehemiah. You know, he cries for people, right? He, he fasts for people, and he wouldn't stop. And he, you know, he, he's in a bad mood, not because of uh, circumstances or anything else. He's, he, he, he's, he, he lost his countenance because he's waiting on the Lord. He is grieving because the people, uh, you know, is in despair, right? They're suffering and he couldn't stand it. Right? Have you ever felt that for other people? You know, that's not, that doesn't come naturally, by the way, because, uh, you know, kind of like my default is kind of like, me. <laughs> Let's be honest, my default is me, but man, God can put capacity and heart in people's lives. And that's amazing when you can go beyond yourself and think about other people, less a whole city of people. And that is the heart of Nehemiah. Okay. And so 
so so Nehemiah, uh, we're going to read uh, uh, verse 1 uh, and 2. Well, we're going to read the whole thing because it's just four verses. I'm going to just preach from four verses, and I'll try to inject in that four verses a lot of context so you can kind of sort of follow along uh, a bit as best as you can. Okay, so let's, let's read the four verses, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you context after we read it. Now it came to pass, when the wall was built, it's also on the screen if you want it, and I had set up the doors and the porters and the singers and the Levites were appointed, that I gave my brother Hanani and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man and feared God above many. And I said unto them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun be hot. And while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them, and appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, every one in his watch, and every one to be over against his house. Now the city was large and great, but the people were few therein, and the house were not built. Okay, and so what we see here is uh, Jerusalem has gone through a 52 days transformation. 52 days to build an entire wall and gates and, and some houses in the whole city. 52 days. I, okay, I don't know how many of you uh, know anything about construction, but I'm in the construction business. That's what I do. I'm a landlord and I do a lot of rentals and things like that. Oh my goodness. I'm, I just built uh, a renovation for a small cottage. Small cottage. Okay. I think it took me 52 days. <laughs> 52 days, and that's with hands, other hands, and, and other people. 52 days from top to bottom, okay? 52 days. I mean, that they did that again, you would see that the enemy themselves admit that this is a work of God. The enemy, the people who looked in, I'm like, no way, no way, no way that that could happen unless it is the work of God, and that you can see in verse 16 of chapter 6. Okay, so what, what I want you to see is, okay, now it came to pass when the wall was built and I set up the doors and the porters and the singers and the Levites were appointed that I gave my brothers the rule. Okay, I want you, I want you to just dwell in there a bit, okay, because what, what we need to understand is Nehemiah put his neck on the line, all right? Okay, again, context here. Right? He, he was a cupbearer in the palace, working directly with the king. So his future is set. Why rock the boat? Why rock the boat? You got a great career in front of you, right? Already, actually. Right? And he rocked the boat because he wants to help people. He wants to help God's people. And then he prayed and fasted. And then, you know, at that time, you can't just approach the king, you know, loosey-goosey, I would say, right? You can't just come in and like, hey, yo, what's up? I want to tell you something. You know, you can't do that. You know, if you, you can't even initiate an agenda, right? The king has to ask you, but, but through prayer, through fasting, he said, you know what, let's, let's trust God, you know? And again, he, uh, I thought the timing was so good because he didn't actually initiate it. The king did, right? It was just through that prayer and fasting. The countenance was so bad. The king's like, yo, what's going on? You know, you can't, I mean, like, the, the deal is, okay, again, historical context. If you're in the king's prison, you better smile. You better smile. You better be in a good mood. If you're not in a good mood, you better be in a good mood. Because the way it works in the past, right, uh, especially in that context in Persia, if you're not, like, dude, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, guards, take him out. That, that is... The historical context of what what would happen in that culture but okay so Nehemiah great career great position took upon himself to take great risks why 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 would he do that and then after all that stuff to to going through that journey that was treacherous and going through constant opposition from Sanballat and Gershom and Tobias and all that junk and having to navigate and and mobilize and coordinate and work through the nights and days and can't even change clothes, right? And then suddenly gave it away, right? And I want us to consider 
right? Uh, just, just his expectation for ministry. His expectation for ministry wasn't for himself. It wasn't for himself. If you read chapter 6, okay, you would see that he had the opportunity to buy lands, right, to, to take advantage of the situation because, you know, buy low, sell high. Right? When things are in turmoil, buy low, then when it goes back up. And he, he, he had inside information. He didn't do that. Right? He could have taken uh, wages because he was the governor of Jerusalem. He didn't. He didn't. Why? Because he said the bondage was too heavy on the people. People were suffering too much. Now, he should get a wage. He should, but he didn't. And he said the fear of the Lord was with him. So he didn't want to do that. Okay? And so, so, so we also have people accusing him, like, hey, you're doing this just, just so that you can build your own kingdom. So that you can build your own kingdom. And, and okay, to some degree, like, you know, don't we all think like uh, we should have return on investment? Right? I mean, anything you do, uh, I hope to some degree you, you think about ROI, right? Return on you come to the US, you better get a degree. <laughs> You want a degree, you want to have a return, you invest in something, you better have a return on investment. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? But for Nehemiah, I mean, what was his ROI? Think about that. What was his ROI? His ROI was for the betterment of the people, was to hand over the ministry for other people. Okay? So I want us to just think about this. What is your expectation of ministry? Right? I mean, have you ever even thought about that? Like, what is your expectation? Again, uh, what's the, the indirectly or unconsciously or, you know, whatever, subconsciously, or, you know? Um, sometimes we, we do think about, like, a name for ourselves. Fame, recognition, uh, money, so on. You know, very normal, by the way, right? Again, like, almost acceptable to some degree. Right? But, but not Nehemiah. He wasn't looking for those, uh, for those things. And so I want us to consider the example of Nehemiah because it's so beautiful. It's a picture of a missionary. It's a picture of a missionary that goes in, do a work, and then when it's set up, okay, man, I think, I think I'm good. And these are the, the two guys I want to pass it on to. You see that? Okay, so key application number one. Okay, key application number one, make your expectation for ministry, you know, the betterment of other people. Make your expectation, okay, to those who, who have been coming, right, make your expectation for ministry uh, for the betterment of other people. You know, can you imagine being in a ministry, a place, a family, we consider ourselves a family, where everyone comes in with the mindset is, I want to be a blessing in my family. Can you imagine that? When everyone would have that mindset. Is that a good place to be? It's a great place to be. Versus if you come to a place where everyone is waiting to be served. Everyone is waiting for everyone to make the first move. Right? But having that mindset. Hey, I want to. My expectation for the ministry is for the betterment of other people. That's how Nehemiah thinks. In a grand scale. In a grand scale where he put his neck on the line, his money, his effort, his prayer. I mean, okay, I, I say all that to, like, just to amplify the magnitude of his ROI. It was for other people. It was for other people. Okay, and so we can definitely apply this in our Bible study, in big group, you know. Uh, by the way, if you, you know, for those who are not first-time comer, man, you, you should... Pay the, you know, the food, right? I mean, I heard stories about, you know, people not Venmoing the food. I'm like, oh my goodness, why would you do that? Okay, raise your hand. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right? But why would you do that? That's, that? that's the opposite of what we should do. Man, I want to I wanna pay. In fact, maybe, maybe put a few more in there, right? So this, this, this is a side note right there. I mean, we've got to be thinking like that. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. Okay. So the, the other thing that I want you to uh, uh, look at is that, you know, it says that, that he was ready to pass it on, right? To give it to his brother, 
uh, after these things were done, okay, after these things were done, what was, what was the things that was done? The wall was built, number one, okay? So the wall represented, okay, a, 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 a you know, basically you build a wall to keep people out, okay? That's what a wall is for. You build a wall to keep people out. Um, and so you, you built, a wall was built. He had set up the doors and the porters, and the singers and the Levites were appointed. Okay, so I'm just going to focus on these three things, okay? Uh, these three things are uh, the wall, the doors, and the porters, and the singers and the Levites. I won't go too long on it, but it's worth studying it, okay? So again, the walls uh, are is built to keep people out, okay? Because the Jerusalem was without wall, and so enemies keep coming in and ransacking, and just it's a wasteland, basically. And so walls need to build to keep people out. Number two, doors and porters. Doors and porters, okay? So doors and porters are, porters are guard, guards of the, the door. Porters are guards for the door, okay? So doors and porters is to ensure what is good comes in and what's bad stays out, okay? Just like our door. I hope you lock your door at night, right? And so the door for you is like to let you come in and keep the bad out, right? So same thing right here. And then the singers and the Levites. Singers and the Levites. So singers, we know what singers are, people who sing. And then the Levites is a priestly tribe, priestly tribe, religious tribe, okay, to help officiate uh, the sacrifice and the worship of God. Okay, so you see here ensuring that praise and worship of God is conducted properly. Okay, so these three, three things. And so I want to take this opportunity to just make an application on Bible study leaders. So Bible study leaders, I'm talking to you. If you're up and coming Bible study leader, I'm also talking to you. Okay, so regarding the doors and porters, uh, the Bible study leader needs to cultivate a culture of Bible study where good habits are pursued, bad ones are rejected. Okay, did you get, did you, did you get that? I hope the, the PowerPoint is following up. Okay, Bible study leader needs to cultivate a culture of Bible study where good habits are pursued, bad ones are rejected. Okay, because, because they are bad habits. Okay, bad habits, and I, I, I have to tell you that I have cultivated some bad habits in our ministry, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to go through them, okay? Uh, but I'll, I'll just admit to you, right, I, I'm one of those offenders as well. But let, but why not trust God? Trust God, what is good, okay? Being on time. Being on time is so important, right? I mean, if, if you got to wait for people all the time, like if you, it's, it's supposed to be 6.30, and you come at 7.30, Man, it's just going to be, you're going to miss out. Everyone's going to miss you. Uh, it's not the same, right? If people come in different, being on time is good, good habit. Uh, you know, I'm talking about Bible studies here. Uh, being generous to bring food. Being generous, so not just bringing food, right? Uh, in Bible studies, we bring food because we believe that uh, food uh, facilitates fellowship. But bringing good food, the best food, not like leftover food. Right, not bad food, and people do that. Or, or they just bring like a, a potato chips, you know, and 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 just the, the minimum amount. Okay, uh, I do that person, right? I know not. I, I, by the way, I, I know some very generous people uh, in our group, and I'm, I'm so proud of them. And, but these are the things that 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 are very practical. It it shows where you're coming from, right? It shows where you're coming from. Are you bringing the best food? And so that people can enjoy that. Because you want to be a blessing to other people. That's your motivation. Right? Not like, oh, well, he brought $5 of chicken. And so um, I'm just going to bring $5 of whatever. Right? I'm going to match you. Why, why not be generous? Be generous, okay? To bring good food. And then, and, and then the spiritual food. Uh, you know, normally they come hand in hand. Those who bring good food always also bring... A good spiritual, be diligent and prepare to bring good spiritual food. You know that's so important that when you come to Bible study, you can't just come again willy-nilly, not ready, and you you haven't been obeying God, and you come in and and you there's nothing of you spiritually that can be a blessing to others because you haven't prepared it, you haven't prepared yourself, and so what happens is it will affect the Bible study, right? It may turn into counseling, you're like, hey, what's wrong? Because your countenance drop and, and, and so on. But what if, what if we all commit to prepare ourselves, right? Not just the physical food, but the spiritual aspect in Bible study. How, how good would that be? And normally, you don't even need all 10 of you to bring spiritual food. If you've got a couple, that's good, right? If you, you've got a couple people who brought, brought the pastor and nice marinara sauce, the whole group, 
is going to just benefit. Just, 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 you know what I'm saying? So, but, but we need those people, more and more of those people. We do. Okay, uh, we need a servanthood culture, a servanthood culture. These are good habits, again, servanthood culture, where members are ready to serve. Members are ready to serve. I mean, they'll go out of the way. Again, I'm so proud of my Bible study because uh, people were like, hey, you know, Andrew, can I get you hot water? Hey, can I? And everyone is like wanting to, to help clean and serve. And that's great. Now, not, not everyone, but most, okay? Most people, okay? And so we need to cultivate that. You know that's cultivated? That's cultivated. And so I'm talking to the Bible study leaders. What do you observe that needs to be accepted and what needs to be rejected? Right? And, and to trust God to have good doors and portals. Good doors and portals. Does that make sense? Okay, regarding the wall, okay, Bible study leader needs to cultivate a culture where members are built to have faith in the word rather than on their feelings and circumstances. Okay? Cultivate a culture where members are built to have faith in the word of God rather than on their feelings and circumstances. Okay? Again, I'm not neglecting feelings. I'm not neglecting circumstances. Those happen to everyone. Happen to everyone. But do you know that God is bigger than our circumstances? They are bigger than our feelings, right? And so these things need to be cultivated. And one of the, one of the things that you know, I, I try to do in our, in our Bible study is to be vulnerable, right? I haven't arrived, and I'm a pastor, right? I haven't arrived. I'm still learning. I'm, I still make mistakes. I, I have my shortcomings. I know them, and I want to be vulnerable to say, hey, I haven't attained. And so people can jump in and like, oh, okay, I can share some of my dark secrets too. Right? We all have some dark secrets that we're not willing to share. But unless you start sharing, be vulnerable, right? How do you trust God for that? It's hidden. It's hidden, right? Bible study is a community. Bible study is a family. Being vulnerable is one of the key characteristics of a healthy Bible study. But that takes time. That takes trust, right? That takes serving. That takes the community. It takes a couple of people. It takes many touches. It takes love. It takes the Word of God. All combined. And then accountability. Right, accountability, I want to, right? Okay, so once the vulnerability, once the love comes in, then accountability can come in because it's hard to keep someone accountable if you don't feel love in the first place. Does that make sense? No one wants to be accountable. Well, well I don't care what you have to say because I don't feel love. Fair enough. Fair enough. You get that. And so relationship is very important. Winning the people uh, to Christ and in Christ is so important so that not only we have vulnerability, but we have real accountability. Real accountability. A lot of people struggle with different things, I'm telling you. Uh, no time to mention all of them, but you know what I'm talking about. Things that they already gave up on. But yet, with the right vulnerability, the light can shine into their life. With the right accountability, man, they get that one more support to kind of like push things over into the light. I've seen that so many times. That's what we need. Right? There's healing. The Bible promise. Confess your thoughts to one another. If we don't, man. And then uh, the last one is edification. Edification is just encouragement. Encouragement. Right? Cultivate a culture where we build encouragement in our Bible study. People want to be encouraged. And so the, the, the overall disposition of the Bible study should be Taylor. All right. Come on. It should be encouraging. It should be encouraging. That's, that's supposed to be a joke, bad joke. Okay, okay, moving on. Okay, regarding the singers and the Levites, okay? Bible study leader need to cultivate a culture of worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Okay? Uh, singers and Levites, okay? Singers and then Levites, priestly, priestly group of people. To, so Bible study leaders need to cultivate a culture of worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And so for us, we have a short time of prayer, short time of praise, songs I'm talking about. Right? If, you, if there's no musician, do acapella. And the idea here is so important because I don't know about you, but every time people come to Bible study, they're full of distractions. And normally they're full of burdens from, from the day. Right? And they can't shake it off. Right? And so really, what, one of the best ways to, 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 to change the mood is to come back to a place of praise and worship. And so we spend a bit of time on that. Pr uh, prayer, praise, and worship. Right? Uh, in that order. Right? So, so 
So worship is rooted in obedience. Do you know that? Worship is not just raising your hands and, ooh, you know, no time to talk about worship in, 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 at length. But I, I want you to know that worship is rooted in obedience to God. Okay? And it requires suffering, like proportionately to your growth. Uh, and what, what, what I want you to imagine, what I want you to imagine, okay, is a Bible study that is rooted in obedience and not knowledge. Okay? And what I mean, I'll paint that picture a bit. Imagine this. You come to a Bible study, and every time you meet, you got testimonies. Uh, I obeyed God in that area of my life, and God gave me this supernatural. Grandma got saved. This person had this addiction. They... They overcome it by the grace of God. God's word was so powerful. I saw it with my own eyes. Can you imagine coming to a Bible study where you're seeing people getting blessed because of obedience? What's going to happen? You're like, uh, me? I, I want some of that, right? Versus a place where the focus is knowledge, right? Just more knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge. And, and, and what? A bigger head. Right? A bigger hit. And so, so this is so important to, to have, you see, the singers and the Levites. That's what Nehemiah was thinking about. Worship, praise, in spirit, and in truth. Man, I want to be in that Bible study. Right? Okay, so we're going to look at verse 2. Verse 2. So all those things are set up, and then now he's giving it away to two persons, okay, that I gave my brother, verse 2, Hanani and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charged over Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man and feared God above many. Okay, so I, I got three things for you here. Okay, three things. So the two one is very obvious. Okay, so one is faithful man. Right, that was the criteria that, that Nehemiah was looking for. In, in, in the next person to pass a baton to. And number two is fear, fearing God. That person has to fear God. Okay, we'll talk about those in a second, but I want to bring your attention to the names of these people. Remember we talked about names as meanings, right? Guess what Hanani means? Okay, Hanani means grace. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. God is gracious. Okay, and Hananiah, okay? which is rooted from, from the word hanani, okay? Uh, means uh, uh, favor, okay? So when you think about the definition of grace, what is that? Unmerited favor, okay? Unmerited favor. Favor you never deserve. Favor that you never earn. That's grace. It's a gift. It's a gift of God. In fact, that's how a person can have a relationship with God. That's, that's the difference here. It's not something that we work for. Okay, you see the difference, people ask me about, hey, what's the difference between Christianity and every other religion? I'll tell you, it's grace. In other words, you do not work for your salvation. Meaning, you know, having a relationship with God and being in His family and spending eternity with Him. You don't earn it. You're like, what? But everything else in life is earning. Like, I have to earn for my car, I have to earn for my study, everything I have to earn for, and you're telling me the best gift of life it's not earned? How can that be? The Bible says because God so loved the world. Right? I mean, that's, that's who He is. And so, so, so naturally, Nehemiah, who, whose name means Jehovah Comforts, he wants to choose someone who has that characteristic, grace. And then, then grace over grace. Hanani and Hananiah. Grace and favor. You know, because when a person knows how to live in grace, means they know how to obey God and by, by grace through faith and they receive from God freely. You know what that person will do? They will be able to extend grace to other people. That is what the world needs. Not more rules and regulations, right? Not more do's and don'ts, not more condemnation, but grace. Grace. And that's what Nehemiah chose. This leader has to be strong in grace, just like Paul right, told Timothy, right? He said, in order to, for you to make disciples, 
in order for you to reproduce after yourself, you got to be. Uh, 2 Timothy 1, 3, 1. Strong. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Charity. Uh, and, and so, yeah, you have to be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus. You can't change someone. You know that, right? Discipleship. You can't change someone. It's by the grace of God. That person also needs the grace of God as, as much as you need the grace of God to disciple someone. Right? Because in me dwelleth no good thing. Okay, the second one is faithful men. Faithful men. Uh, you know, Hananiah and, Han, uh, and, and Hanani is a faithful man. And so uh, there's so much to, to talk about that. But I, I normally try to just summarize it to uh, the acronym uh, FAT, FAT, you know. Uh, you know, because it's easy to remember, right? It's easy to remember. I'm not calling anyone, any, calling anyone out, okay? Uh, but just FAT, faithful, right? Faithful means someone who trusts the Word of God, right? Who, who reads the Word of God, asks the Word of God. Big difference, and some people read the word of God as, as word of man, uh, with doubt, with, with skepticism, with criticism. Hey, I don't know, you know, and, and a faithful man trusts in the word of God because the word of God say, declares itself as the word of God, as the preserved word of God, right? For those who say, hey, I, I can't, if I have to pick and choose in the Bible, how do you know what you pick and choose is correct? You don't, right? I believe I have the word of God. Right? And so I can believe that. Right? I, can be, I can believe God by hearing it. And that's what the Bible says. Faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay? And so the, the second and third thing, I won't dwell on it, dwell on it too long, but it's available and teachable. Right? Uh, very simple, but yet very profound things. Because we live in a culture where those two things are rare. You know that? You talk to most people today, what do they say? Oh, I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Busy, busy, busy. I, I, I hate telling people that I'm busy <laughs> because I do that often, right? I'm busy. Oh, shoot, you know? I hope busy for the right things. But a, 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 this, this leadership that was passed down to, they make themselves available for God, for the things of God, okay? And secondly, uh, faithfulness is, is someone who's teachable, someone who's teachable. So, you know, Embedded in teachable is someone who's humble, right? Who, who doesn't think that they have somehow arrived, right? They know more because they have uh, Google installed in their phone. Okay, anyway, Google doesn't have to be installed in your phone. You can just have, have it, okay? Everyone has access to information. So they, they think that, that they, they don't need to be taught. But do you know that a lot of the things that need to be taught are caught? You know what I'm talking about? Means that you have to see it. Someone has to model it for you. You know, again, no time to tell you, but I, I you know, maybe just a little. But I was raised in a, in a family where a lot of things wasn't modeled for me. And so a lot of things, I, although I was taught, I never saw it as valuable. Integrity was something that was important. Like uh, being selfish was like, yeah, you got to be selfish to get what you want, right? And, and all these things, like, like wow. I, I never understood that actually it's better to give than to receive. Never understood that until I saw it modeled before my eyes and I was given and I was so undeserving. Like, how can this be? And the feeling was so crushing and yet joyful at the same time that I, I knew that I needed to give and that brought joy to me and to God. Okay, and these are the characteristics that, that was in these uh, uh, men, and then they feared God. Okay, they feared God. Someone who feared God, he, they were chosen because they feared God. Okay, and so this idea of fearing God, like, you know, it sounds a bit negative, right? Like, oh, fearing God, what do you mean? Like, you know, is, is, you know, this idea of what would you do when no one is looking at, when no one is looking at what you're doing? You know what I'm saying? What would you do? Like, like this idea of, would you follow God in your closet, in your bedroom, when no one is looking at you? That kind of thing, right? And so I, I, I look at Nehemiah's life, right? And, and again, he had the opportunity to take advantage of the situation. And some people would say, good for you. I mean, I mean since you invested so much, why not reap some of that? 
right? He said, because of the fear of God. The fear of God basically hindered him from being covetous. Covetous means being greedy, right? To, to want things that, that, that's physical. He wants things that are spiritual, that's eternal, right? And you see that pattern, right? In, in Exodus 18.21, Exodus 18.21, you can just jot down that reference. It's very good cross-reference here, okay? This is Jethro's father-in-law giving advice to Moses when he was struggling. And he says, Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear, uh, fear God, they have to fear God, men of truth, okay, hating covetousness. Interesting. Right? Because you can't love God and money at the same time. You know that? And so, so those characteristics are so important because when those opportunities arise, you already made a decision. No, I want to worship God. I don't want to take advantage of people, even though I can. Even though I can even justify that. You know what I'm saying? I work hard for this. Not Nehemiah. And so that successor was one that feared God, that when no one is looking at, Nehemiah knew they will do the right thing. Okay? And uh, so Job, same thing, Job 1.1, you know, again, another person that, that feared God. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12.13, most of you know that. Okay, this is the conclusion of all the matter. Okay, Solomon, if you haven't uh, heard of him, you know, Solomon left, uh, so I don't know where he's at. Uh, there's a guy named Solomon. So. Another joke that didn't, didn't get through, never mind. Um, but, but Solomon, he's the guy who had everything, all the money, all the wealth, all the babes, okay? And, and yet he said, let us hear the conclusion of the matter, the whole matter, okay? Fear God and keep his commandment, for this is the whole duty of man. See, someone who fears God, okay? So, so a God-fearing leader will not leave when the proverbial crap hits the fan. Okay, if you will, hits the fan. They will stay. They are not a hireling. They are a true shepherd, right? Because hireling will leave when things go wrong. The true shepherd will stay, and these are true shepherds, okay? So key application number three. Leaders, leaders, Bible study leaders, look for future leaders who have a pattern, okay? You're, no one is perfect. So you can't just like, oh, because they, they don't do this. We're all work in progress. But I'm saying leaders look for future leaders who have a pattern of being strong in grace, faithful, and fear of God in their lives. Does that make sense? Right? So you say, hey, uh, Andrew, uh, who do I need to look for? Like, who, who's the next person? Who's the right-hand person? Well, you look for these patterns in that person. And you develop and you cultivate these type of patterns by modeling it to them. Hanani and Hananiah was that person, and may I say uh, that your new FOI director, Miles Cheetos, is that kind of person. I've seen him. I observed him. You know, I, I had uh, two other candidates to choose from, right? And they were also of that caliber. Uh, but, but by the grace of God, that was one of the requirements, you know? And so I'm, I'm very happy and proud and excited for everyone in FOI that's going to come, that's here and, and that's going to come, is going to benefit from this. And that's what Miles is going to look for, for the next leader in Bible study leaders and so on. Okay, and then verse 3, uh, Nehemiah 7, 3, uh, 7, 3, verse 3, And I said unto them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun be hot, and while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them and appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, uh, everyone uh, in his watch and everyone to be over against his house. Okay, so let me just kind of uh, explain that. Okay, so this is the idea. Now, now they got the walls all built up. Okay, it's, it's, it's tight. Okay, they got the, the, the gates. Okay, and so they have 10 gates. Again, very interesting when you study all the 10 gates means something. Okay. Uh, but no time to, to do that, but okay. So these doors can be open, these doors can be closed, but he say, let not the gates be open until the sun be hot. Okay, the gates of Jerusalem. 
And while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them and appoint watches of, of the inhabitants. Okay, so this, this idea is that Hanan, okay, who's them in here? Verse 3. And I said unto them, who's them? Correct. Okay. Good job. Okay, so sometimes we need to know the pronoun. Okay, so this is to Hananin, Hananiah. He say, hey, make sure. Make sure that you do that. Okay, when the sun is hot, you can open the door. Okay, and, and, and then when the, the door needs to close, normally in the evening, make sure it is done. Be there. Stand by. Let them shut the doors. Be there. Okay, do, do you see that? Okay, so, so the, the, the principle behind this verse is that the leader will need to ensure key areas are done right. Okay, leaders need to ensure that key areas are done right. Key areas, the door, the door that will allow bad things to come in. Make sure, make sure. Okay, okay, so, so, mouse, delegate, but check in, right? Mouse, trust, but verify, right? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You got to do that. Bible study leader, do the same thing. When there are something that is, the, the stakes are so high, airport pickups, welcome party, oh, I want to I wanna make sure. Oh, CC me. I want to see it. The brochure, I want to see it. I want to make sure that it's done correctly because the wrong of something will be catastrophic. Will be catastrophic. You know, I'm telling you, there is so much hustling in that. Again, not, I'm not talking about micromanaging. Right? I'm talking about checking. Talking about verifying, making sure it is done correctly. Right? And so, so Brother Miles, uh, you have to have a pulse on every key area of the ministry. Amen? Yeah? And so that is, that is the charge for him, for, for all the Bible study leaders, right? For if you're in charge of any areas, you got to have a pulse and you got to be there in certain cases, right? To make sure it is done correctly. Make sure it's done correctly. Okay, 2 Timothy 4.5 Say, but watch thou in all things and do affliction. Do the work of, a, of an evangelist. Make full proof of the ministry. That's what Nehemiah is telling Hanani and Hananiah to do. Make sure. Make sure the doors are open when the sun is hot. Make sure you're there when it's closed. Everything is locked. The beams are there. Everything is done. We're safe. We can all sleep now. You see? <clears throat> I thought it was just so fitting that Nehemiah verse 3 said, Don't open the gates until the sun be hot. Did you catch that? And I, I, I cannot help it but, but for us to trust God, right? To open our ministry when we are all hot. Okay, I'm not talking about beauty. I'm talking about <laughs> fire, right? Fire, being hot on fire, right? Uh, okay, that, that song came in. Okay, no way. I didn't sing it. Uh, but being on fire, being hot, right? And so, man, then you're contagious, when you're picking people in the airport, you're not allowing all your stuff to get in the way. You're hot. You're on fire. You're here. You're on fire. Again, not talking about putting on a show. Please don't misunderstand me. But you understand what I'm talking about? Like, man, walk in the spirit at all times. Uh, and there are key things that we need to um, make full proof of, okay? And so, so, so key, key application number four. Success and failure of the ministry falls on the leader's oversight. Okay? Success, you know, or failure, right, of the ministry falls on the leader's oversight. And so if you're a leader, you need to have oversight of the things. You can't just delegate and, and, and assume that things are just going to work out. Many times it doesn't. It needs oversight. It needs, sometimes it needs hand-holding. And then, and then over time, it's just like, okay, you can let go. But you still need to see it, right? You, need to, you, you still need to monitor it, okay? Last verse, and then we'll close. Verse 4. Now the city was large and great, but the people were few therein, okay? So all these walls, all these gates, but very few people, okay? And the houses were not built, okay? So the potential for the city is great. 
You see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going with this? Just as the potential of FOI, oh my goodness. We are, I mean, we barely scratch the surface. You know, yes, the walls are built. Yes, the porters and singers. Yes, you know, the, the gates. But oh my goodness, there's so much more. There's so much more. Do you know one million internationals come to the U.S. every year? How many are we trusting the Lord for? So many more, right? So, so we want to see more internationals come to Christ. The same, okay? Uh, we want to see uh, FOI established in many other locations, right? We want to see many more missionaries sent out from, from FOI. And I, I, okay, of course, sent out from, from Midtown, okay, to the degree that FOI played a role, a significant role in their training, right? And I can tell you that when we went to do cross-cultural ministry, can I tell you that it was, it was relatively easy? Uh, and the reason why is we've been doing it for so long. So when we're there, it's like, it's nothing new. It's nothing new. It was, you know, different environment, but a lot of training, a lot of reps. And so that is very helpful. Okay. So now, now pay attention that, but the people will feel. Okay. So the people will feel, but I, that, that, that reminds me a bit, uh, you know, about there is room for souls and the, the need for souls needs laborers. Right? Needs laborers. So you know where I'm going with this. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Okay? So again, uh, my, my, my last charge to everyone is to engage. To engage. Right? You, you can be here, but you may be on the bench. You're just on the bench. You're not playing. You don't have game time. Right? Get in the game. Get in the game. Right? There's still, what was Julie saying? 570? 540. Right? We have never had that many people come. The same. Okay? We need more, we, we need more laborers. Right? Uh, and, and, and then the, the last bit here is the, the houses were not built. The houses were not built. And these are the people that were in the city. Right? They were busy building that, that their houses wasn't built. And that kind of refers to kind of where we are at. You know, as we serve, do you know that we also have our own problems? Uh, I got problems also. <laughs> Work in progress right here. Okay? And, and so there, there, there is a need, right, uh, man, to minister to each other. There's a need to minister to each other as we minister to other people. Okay? So we got to build one another up. By the grace of God, right? And so Galatians 6.10, right? As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Yes, all men, I get that. Especially unto them who are of the household of faith, the church. Right? Your brothers and sisters. And sometimes, again, I, I hope this is not cliche, but sometimes we focus so much of evangelism externally that we kind of forget about the people internally. Have you seen that before? I've seen that before. Where I have time for, for so-and-so person, but I don't, I don't have time for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, our brotherhood, our sisterhood should be tight. There should be an equal amount of time dedicated internally and externally. Does that make sense? Because they are, they are both biblical. They are both, they are both required for the ministry. Do you know that? Do you know that? Okay. Because look at Acts, Acts chapter 2, right? That model that, that started, that, that God gave us uh, in FY in 2012 was that very model of the, the, the internal edification. I can't get my head around that because it's everything that is of Nehemiah. Gave himself and everyone had everything in common. Again, I'm just saying that this philosophy of like, just I need to help you, I need to help, I need to help, I need to help, and, 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 and so the body becomes very tight-knitted, and, and, and the love between the brothers are so tight, right? They're vulnerable, they're accountable, they, they praise together, they, they cry together when they have loss, and they have joy together, the jealousy uh, 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 scale is down, right? I, if, you, if he's doing great, I'm happy for him. Right? Genuinely happy for them. Right? 
Uh, and these are the things that is, is so needed to be cultivated in, in the community that when, when the world comes into that, to that place, they're like, wow, this is, this is not of men. This is not of men. This is of God, right? And so, so God was so pleased with that model. He multiplied them daily such as should be saved. Oh my goodness, I, I want to be part of that ministry. Amen? Right? Internally and externally. So my last key point, key application number five, is ministry is only healthy when it's healthy internally and externally. Okay? It's, ministry is only healthy when it's healthy internally and externally. Okay, I'm not, I'm not here to blame fingers. I don't want you to do that as well. We're responsible for ourselves. Like if, if you see like that, that, that conviction, right? Don't wait for someone like, oh yeah, the reason why I'm here where I'm at is no one invests in me, right? And therefore I'm just bitter and all of that. Why not, why not trust God to be that giver, right? To, to be the change, right? To be Jesus because Jesus gave when? Second or first? He gave first. He didn't wait for you to get your act together and then he loved you, right? He gave to you when you didn't get your act together. The Bible said while you were yet sinners, he gave his life for you, right? And so why, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Okay? And so, so I, I, you know, I just want to um, just, just, you know, leave you with, uh, man, I just, I, I love you all, you know, and I'm just so thankful to be part of this ministry. This is not my like last time, last time. I'm not going away. You can't get rid of me. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just so thankful. And, and I feel so full and rich and, um, to be part of this ministry. And God has just used you all to, to refine me and to teach me and to humble me. And I just want to say, uh, you know, um, is it at the bottom or with the bottom of my heart? At the bottom of my heart. From. See, my, my English right, is still not there yet. This, this again, from the bottom of my heart. Right? Thank you. Right? Uh, you guys are awesome. And so let's, let's trust God for, for more. Amen? Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and then, uh, and then however we want to end and, and, and so on. I'm going to start with 15 minutes and now we got... <laughs> okay, praise the Lord. Okay, let me pray and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pass it back to Miles. Father, we thank you so much for the example of Nehemiah. It's just outstanding. Outstanding. Just from four verses, Lord, there is so much truth, so much power, so much conviction from four verses. And God, I just pray that this would not end up as hate knowledge. God, would you help us to please meditate on these things? And uh, as a result, Lord, uh, we can give you glory and, and maximum glory. God, thank you uh, for so uh, for all your grace. And, and God, uh, we don't deserve it, but thank you uh, that you can use us. You can use the foolish things. You can use foolish people if they're willing, if they're teachable, if they're humble. So Lord, help me be that person. In Jesus' name, amen.